0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Hey guys, producer Darren here. Thank you so much for checking out the Next Level Podcast. Michael wanted to do something a little bit different this week. We're doing a replay of an episode appearance that he made on my podcast, the Kingdom Bringer podcast, back in August of 2020. We talk about kingdom coaching. You'll get to hear a little bit about why Michael is the coach that he is. You'll hear his passion for the importance of finding the right coach. We get into it all. It goes right along with the series that he's been doing for the last few weeks in regards to his next level coaching. And I think you'll really be excited to hear one-on-one about Michael McIntyre's heart for coaching. So hentai,
1: Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, yeah. a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. All right, man. I'm ready. Are you ready?
0: I'm ready, bro. So I want to talk right. about... I want to talk about coaching and mentoring with you. I know that's like <laughs> I, something that you're. I don't you're, know a lot about that, but so I've heard that. Know. So let me teach you. <laughs> let me tell you what you know about it. All right. No, I know that's something that's very passionate. Yeah. For you, um, you're very passionate yeah. about coaching and, and mentoring. Where does that come from for you? Like, is that something that just one day you woke up and said, "Hey, I want to coach people"?
1: Yeah. So. I guess uh, it 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 really happened for me when I was in the Air Force, and I realized a lot of times uh, I had ideas, and 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 I guess I I always felt that I was born forty years old, right? And uh, I remember you know being in my you know early twenties and and talking to people about uh, different things about sales about business, and it just seemed to come naturally to me, and I didn't realize really until. I guess probably when I got, when I started my business and started recruiting people. And then I remember I'm recruiting people that were twice my age, because uh, I was a very young entrepreneur and telling them things and they went out and did them and they were successful at it. Yeah. I thought, this stuff really works. And so I kind of, I kind of got that, you know, and, and I really, I know e- even before I was following Jesus in that, in that spot, I remember I always wanted to say I didn't want to become, you know, egotistical is the language I had for it back then, you know, nowadays it's, you know, you want to stay humble for me. But, but back then I, I realized that I had uh, a gift. I didn't understand it, but I knew that the things that I could talk to people about and have discernment in was uh, valuable when, when uh, they used it and applied it in their life.
0: So what do you think the difference was? Like once you found Jesus, how did that, how did you approach coaching or how did that change for you?
1: Yeah, uh great question. What it really it didn't change right away because I felt that uh I, I had first the first six months, first year, I felt a burning desire to bring everybody to Jesus. It was, you know, because I'm a salesperson and I'm a business guy and so, you know, the G S D get stuff done yeah. kind of guy. And so You became I, like, an okay, evangelist. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Like everybody. And so uh so I felt a really burning desire to do that and to reach out and preach the gospel and and tell everybody uh but then uh it was kind of interesting because then i got into the christian genre the true christian genre where i was dealing with men and women in in business uh quote unquote kingdom business which is a word that's tossed around a lot in, in the christian community and i think it's overused in some aspects but uh and so when I uh, my first experience with that, that coaching, that the desire as a uh, as a Christian came with Lance Walnow And uh, I was at a meeting. Lance invited me to speak at this meeting and uh, of all Christian entrepreneurs. And um, it was incredible. And I got up there. And of course, Lance, as Lance does, uh said, hey, I need, a, I need you to give a 45 minute speech, which then he told me later, it needs to go two hours and 10 minutes. So uh, the Holy Spirit had to inter- intervene on that one. But uh, yeah, so I, I did that and I realized that this was the water I wanna swim in. This is where that I had no idea that the, that the Christian business community was not aware of how to ter- create massive amounts of wealth to glorify God and to step into that space with some great secular secrets that they've been overlooking.
0: That's good, man. I feel like there's a couple different ways, too, that when you step into, like, let's say, being a coach, I feel like there's a couple different ways that you can go about that. One, you lacked that as a a younger person, and so you see the need for it. And Mm. two, you were coached well, and you see the need for it. So for you, did you... Did you have a coach? Like, did you have multiple coaches growing up or coming up into this that um, set you on the right path to to do this?
1: You know, I I had some. I did when I was growing up. Uh, my father wasn't there a lot because my parents were divorced and it was a very ugly divorce. So he wasn't really there. So my dad really wasn't my coach. Uh, but there was other people that I looked up to. The people everybody, you know, for me, cause I grew up very humble beginnings and didn't yeah. have any money. When I, when I saw other successful business people, I would, you know, uh, pursue them and some of them coached me, which was really good. Uh, but then I got in the air force and, and I guess the air force <laughs> kind of coached me too. Yeah. It, it really did. Yeah. It kind of, uh, I got my ears boxed when I was in the air force, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me at the age of 18. But uh, later on, when I married, got married, Stacy's father was my coach, uh, Jack, and he was an amazing coach, and he was a master, uh, and he was uh, a gift for me, and he was really, truly a father to me and a coach, and uh, he really helped me a great deal, and, why, and he was very loving in my mistakes because I made so many of them. Um, and, and, but he, and he wasn't an affectionate coach by any stretch of the imagination because I think, you know, he, he needed to be the coach he needed for me because God knew what I needed and, uh, he was very hard and, but he was a master and I knew that. And so, uh, I think that really, that helped me a a great deal, uh, for the time that I got to spend with him. He died very young at age 53, uh, 26 years ago. And so, but his coaching, even, even today, I hear his voice. I hear his words of wisdom, and I hear those things constantly.
0: Do you feel like you were a good student? Were you a good m- oh, mentor? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I was. I was outstanding. I uh, what I knew. I knew that I was being coached by a master, and I knew that I needed to submit. I didn't always like it. I didn't. I didn't like the orders I was given. I didn't like the assignments I was given. I didn't like the uh, the the struggle that I had to go through. But I knew that I had to go through it because I was being coached by a master
0: that's good so you you mentioned something there like you were you were coached by the military and I think Mm -hmm. that's I think that's valid I think a lot of people are are coached by even society right or like organizational coaching like that what's the difference between that because some people feel like that's good enough for them but they're missing that one-on-one like flesh-to-flesh personal thing what's the difference there between between the two
1: yeah. So in the, in the military, it was a organization. Yeah. It was a, uh, there was structure and the structure is good. I believe God wants us to have structure. I believe God wants us to have an order. There's order in this universe. There's order in, in our day-to-day life. There's order. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. We need order. We need structure. You know uh, you know, and, and I think I've shared with you before uh, you know, when I became CEO of upper room, they needed order. They needed structure. Yeah. You know, uh, you know showing up at 10 a.m and, and checking out at 1 pm is <laughs> not much order yeah. you know uh, and soaking the whole time so you know i think the military taught me order and structure it also gave me boundaries and listen I've, i didn't like it the first two years i was really rebellious in the in the air Force for the first two years but then i i, I finally surrendered and it went really well uh, and one-on-one coaching is different because it's 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 more personal it's more deliberate and it's more intentional. And I think we have to have that as well, along with the order and structure. Listen, if you're if your life is spinning out of control, if you're not, you know, if there's no if there's no fruit in your life at all, you need to first of all get structure and order, you know. Yeah. And you know, I'm a big fan of the military. I really am. I think every young man or young woman should spend two years in the military, just like they do in Israel. But because yeah. uh, it gives you order and structure. And listen, it's not easy. It's not. Uh, But it's it's needed. So and then one on one coaching or mentorship is really different because it's really it's surgical strikes. It's coming in and seeing exactly where you're at and and finding out what mountain you want to climb, you know, it's not necessarily my mountain. Maybe maybe nobody wants to be a millionaire or a billionaire. Maybe they just want to you know, go out there and pay all their bills and get a new job and have a career or find a godly man or a godly woman. That's great. What is it that your mountain that you need to, you know, it's your mountain. It's not mine. So a good coach or mentor will help you climb that mountain that you desire.
0: And I feel like that organizational coaching, it, it can tend to maybe just uh, cookie cutter, right? Put out a bunch of Little soldiers or whatever to get the job done. But that one on one coaching and something that you specifically really excel at, I think, is finding people's specific, unique gifts, talents, strengths, and pulling those wow. out, right? I mean, you don't get that in the military, I'm guessing, or, no. or, no, or you college it, it, or any of those organizational right. places.
1: That's so true, Darren, because in the military, everybody wears a uniform. That's right. Right? Because it's uniformity, yeah, and you ha- you have to have that. You've, you've got to have that because you've got a mission yeah. to go out, you know, and fight or protect or re- save or whatever it is. Everybody's got to be on, in the uniform. Everybody's that's why we march together. That's why we, you know, we, we 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 do these things, these drills and so forth. And everybody has the same haircut. Everybody that's has right. the same uniform because there is no individuality in the military. You yeah. you cannot have that, okay. But now w- when you get into life after the military, if you're whatever you're at then yes, you've got to have, you know, the coaching, the individual coaching is really tailor-made, like I said, a surgical situation. So it's completely different than that. But you, that what, what, you know, and look, you don't have to go in the military to have structure or have order. I mean, you you know, uh, parenting is, is, is part of that, you know, being, being led by good parents and, and, or a mentor or uncles and aunts or a great school or a college, uh, or or ath- or sports. In other words, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I played football in high school, and that's another one. You know, it's about team. It's not about you. It's about the team. It's about how to win, and it's not about you racking up uh, statistics. It's about us at the end of the game winning the game. And so uh, there's that conformity as well, which I think is really good coaching.
0: And I know that you. I've heard you use the the football analogy a lot, and I think it's so valid, specifically mm-hmm. with the quarterback, because. everybody knows Bill Belichick. Honestly, I believe, (laughs) I believe what he wants is a bunch of players that can tackle is a bunch of players that can get the job done. But Tom Brady has that quarterback coach, right?
1: That's right. That's that's there
0: that one-on-one coaching that's, that knows his gifts, that knows his talents, that knows his arm strength, whatever that is. You talk a lot too. you've got a, a new ebook out about coaching and mentoring where you talk about how important it is to find that not just a coach but a good coach. What should people be looking for when they're looking for a a coach for them for themselves?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Darren. I, you got to look for the fruit. You know, uh, I I tell a lot of people. You know, <laughs> I talk a lot of times. I speak a lot of times. And I say, look, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you have a desire, or you are an entrepreneur and you want to take your business out. Let's say your business is at you know struggling at three hundred thousand a year in revenue. and You want to take it to three million. Don't go to somebody that's bankrupt their business and they don't have anything and they never were successful in in entrepreneurship. Go to somebody that's been through some hard times, that fought through those hard times, and now they're on the other side of that and they have fruit. Uh, if you know if you're seeking wisdom in relational don't go to somebody that's been, you know, divorced four times, (laughs) you know, Uh, look look for the fruit and and find, find that, that you desire. If you want to make a million dollars, go to a millionaire that has made a million dollars, you know? Uh, So often people, you know, they get into the analytical or the uh, academia of business, which you got to have that. You don't get me wrong. You need that, but you also need the fruit. You need to see, you know, uh, Has somebody actually done it? Have they actually walked through that with you? You know, have they been, have they had difficult times? Um, You know, it's really important to struggle through difficult times. And, And, you know, if you don't struggle through difficult times, if you have everything handed to you, how many times do you see somebody you know, they, they were born with everything, a silver spoon in their mouth. They have a trust fund. They're all, the, but they're miserable. They never did anything. They don't have, they've never tried to do anything because they never had to struggle. Yeah, The struggle is where it's at. And so if you, if you're seeking a coach or a mentor, find somebody that has had their butt kicked yeah. <laughs> more, yeah. more than once. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Stacy and I, we've been broke twice, right? But we've also made millions of dollars many times. And so, We know what it's like to be broke. We know what it's like to be wealthy. We know what it's like to start a business. We know what it's like to lose a business. We know what it's like to get lawsuits. And, you know, we know what the inside of a courtroom looks like. If if you've never experienced any of that, you need to seek a coach that has. That if you want to get through those tough times, because they're going to come, believe me. You know, a a dog does not chase parked cars, okay? If you're moving, okay, if you're moving, you're going to get attacked (laughs) by the enemy, by the attorney general, by somebody, the bureaucracy, the IRS, somebody is going to come after you at some point and it's not going to be easy. So you've got to have somebody that's been there, seen that, done that. And so when it does happen that you don't mash the panic button and your hair's on fire and you run around in circles like a Chinese fire drill (laughs) and get nothing done. Yeah. Okay. So you seek people that seek the wisdom that you're seeking to have, seek the success that you're seeking to have. So if you're looking for somebody in a business, or in marriage, or in a pastoral, seek that wisdom. If you're, if you're somebody that wants to start a church, go to somebody that started a couple churches that failed, and now they've got a mega church. They'll, they'll be able to coach you in that. If you know, if you want to start a business in, you know, in whatever kind of business it is, there's fundamentals, there's basics that apply to every business, uh, just like they apply to every, every church, every, every pastor, there's basics. And so but look at, for the fruit. If they don't have any fruit, they haven't been married for a long time, or if they've been through a lot of different uh, wives or husbands or other uh, kids don't talk to them, that's bad fruit. Yeah.
0: One thing that people may or may not know is that coaching can cost some money, right?
1: The good coaching can. Good okay? coaching
0: can cost some money. And so this is where I want to go with this. I feel like at listening <laughs> to you talk about bearing fruit and producing fruit, I use the agricultural language a lot. I'm I'm here in Kansas. We understand, yeah. you know, sowing seed and that kind of thing. I feel like good coaching that has produced fruit, if you are looking for a coach, you want to find a a field that you're going to sow into that has produced fruit in the past, right? On, and that's a good thing. Game. I think that's yeah. I think that's extremely valid. And really over all walks of life i mean anything you choose to do let's let's look for the fruit right
1: absolutely it's you know it's so good darren it's such wisdom you know and i love i love the farming industry in fact i've coached a lot of uh dairy cattlemen you know and which which is uh, you know a whole nother world out there but the fundamentals are still the same but yes you got to pay for it i had a good friend of mine call me up say hey man i want you to coach one of my family members and this guy's you know famous in our our genre and and uh, I said, okay. I said, you know, Stacy and I prayed about it. So, well, you know, we'll do this pro bono because this is for this guy and we love him and, and we love his ministry and what he's doing to the Lord with the Lord. And so we called up and said, hey, man, we'll do this pro bono for your friend. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. You don't get it, McIntyre. He says, you need to charge him full boat plus 20%. <laughs> Why and is the that? the reason is, Yeah. well, because this guy's a multimillionaire. He, uh, you know, he, he's worth several millions of dollars. Uh, very successful business guy loved the Lord but he needs he the only way he would be engaged in that is if he made a commitment and his commitment his his commitment language is money. so uh, he he did he paid full boat plus plus and so uh, which he got a lot of value out of that. So yes, it does cost money to get a good coach, but it should cost money. Yeah. if somebody's gonna coach you for 500 dollars a month, you know all right you know, you're going to get what you pay for, yeah. you know, uh, and not saying that that's bad, but that might be where you're at. And that might be where you can be, you know, start out at. Uh, but look, you know, it's true. If you, if the biggest investment you can make, it's not in the stock market is not buying, you know, uh, a house is investing in yourself. If you truly want to create wealth, if you truly want to have a business, a great relationship, a family life, have all that relationship, with the Lord, then invest in yourself. You're the best asset that you know. You know this better than anybody. And that's where you should put your money in investing in yourself.
0: That's so good. I remember I went to Next Level back in January. Next Level Experience, I feel like is kind of a, amazing entryway into the world of coaching if nobody's ever experienced any type of coaching i think that's like the way to experience yeah. it in a small group setting you know maybe you're yeah. a little uncomfortable maybe you can't afford to pay that one-on-one coach quite yet i think nle is a great thing for that but i i spent some money for that i mean for me personally yes. there there was some money yeah. involved with that and i remember a few months later you offered it for free for, mm-hmm. and I I remember thinking, "I don't know if I like that like personally <laughs> be, not 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 the fact that I spent the money, but the fact that the experience for me I had twenty plus people in my group that wanted to be there, and they spent the money and it made it the experience that it was, and I did like you I know that's a risk that you take as the coach and you you vet them well and you you pick the right people, <laughs> but there is something to that of like I just had that going through my head of like, I can imagine being in a group of 20 people that eh, I could do with or without my wife drugged me here, whatever that is. You're not going to get the same oomph out of that. So I know that even when you, when you offered it for free, you still looked for the people that you believed really wanted this thing.
1: Yeah. So what we did is we, we put it out there. The Holy spirit said, you know, just take down that barrier of money. And so, cause a lot of people have that, that conversation. Sure. I think the enemy enemy brings that out a lot. So we took that Stacy had a download from the Holy Spirit. So we took out that barrier, but we made, we made the entryway very, they really had to jump through some hoops. You know, we just, you know, and we had everybody from it. You know, we had uh, 26 people. We had over 78 people apply. We weren't chose 26, but um, yeah, we had students come in that were, you know, we knew, you know, didn't have the means. And we also had millionaires come in. And yeah. so, uh, but you know, and then the thing was, is you, you decide, you know, you and God decide what, what this is worth for you, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it was a challenge. It was, it was a step of faith, but it was great. And so, uh, yeah, there's different avenues to look at that. And there's different, there's different philosophies or different, uh, uh, ways, to, theories on that. And so what we just do is what, you know, what we, uh, what Stacy does so well is, and, 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 and during the NLE experience, I, you know, the Holy Spirit just kind of rocks the whole thing. But uh, Brittany or Stacy really truly looks so, so uh, well and listens so well to the Holy Spirit. And it's great. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a, it was a step of faith and it, was all, it worked out really cool.
0: You, as of late, I feel like the last few months, really ever since this COVID thing, I don't know if there's been a shift in, in you personally or your approach coaching, but you've really been, first of all, I don't know how you stay so busy. I don't know where this energy, I think I know where the energy comes from, but you've got it. You carry it well, but you've been just, you have been getting out there and getting, I don't want to say your product, but it is your, you are your product for the most part. And you've really been offering yourself up a lot to the people over the last few months. Can you explain to me why, why, why that's been so like heavy on your heart to like offer more kind of for less.
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, So thank you for the acknowledgement. Uh, Yeah. So we, you know, the five handle club, we started this thing and we wanted to give away five free days of coaching because we know not everybody can afford $10,000 a month or 5,000 a month. We get that. So, uh, we wanted to offer, you know, during this COVID crazy stuff, we wanted to offer five days of free coaching with the five handle club. And the five handle club is really cool. And we've done two, and we're going to do another one, but we're going to have people join, uh, and, uh, they're going to pay a little bit of money, not much, but, but the five handle club really came, uh, uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, said, Hey, you know, here's something that you guys might want to look at. And then all of a sudden it just, the Holy Spirit took over and, And we said, okay, but we're going to do this five days of coaching, but we're going to do it at 5.50 a.m. And uh, what was really interesting on that is that we had people in the West Coast got up at 3.50 a.m. for that. I mean, it was was amazing. But we had hundreds of people get on the Zoom call, and, and it was really cool, and it was incredible. And it was work with a capital W. And so we did this for five days and we came back around and did it again. But the fruit that came from that was incredible because uh, a lot of people started writing books. A lot of people started doing uh, movie scripts. A lot of people started ministries. The fruit was fantastic. So we just felt that God wanted us to pour out, to sow in, to give out. And that's what we did. And so, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know God's blessed me with with a lot of energy, with a lot of uh, creativity, uh, and so I've always, I, I just get I get excited, I do, and uh, and I love I love teaching, I love coaching in that aspect, and and Stacy is the genius behind ninety nine percent of this. She's the one that really lays it out and comes up with some great ideas. Of course, Brianna, my our daughter, she's our chief operating officer, and she keeps it all organized. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so I just felt that, you know, it's really good to pour out. It's good to give back. Uh, and you know, station, I've been blessed and we want to keep blessing people and, and we want to take this thing we, and we're just, we're just holding on, man. We're just holding on to the, to the, to the, you know, the Cape of the Holy spirit and say, wherever you take us, we'll go. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's crazy for us. Sometimes it really is, but other times it's so exciting. So yeah. it, it's it's just a walk in faith.
0: I think the cool thing about a, a coaching relationship is the, the two-sided. There's the coach and there's this, are we calling them a student? What what, what do you call Mentoree? I don't know what we call them, but there's two sides. Client. Side. Client. There we go. Hey, <laughs> this is a client situation for sure. It is. Mm-hmm. So there's two ways there. I think for it to be a successful relationship, there's got to be effort on both sides, right? Yes. So we've talked about how important it is to look for a coach. Do you personally look for a client? Are there certain clients that you are looking for?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I turn down, you know, some people, uh, because they're not coachable or they just want, they just say, listen, I just want you to tell me, you know, how do I do ABC? I'm done. You <laughs> Show know? me the money. And, and the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I get that. I, I used to be the same way. And so uh, the first thing they've got to be is, you know, we haven't filled out a complete accomplishment letter, which takes a deep dive into where they've been, where they're at now, you know, who they are, what, you know, where are they now and and what do they want? And so to kind of look out, you know, uh, for the next five years, what is it that you want? What do you want to get from this coaching? What is, what is it exactly? And a lot of times it's multifaceted and I get that. We take a holistic approach at this and we look at You know, we look at money we look at physical, we look at spiritual, we look at relational and we want to do this. And a lot of people come in with business and I I love entrepreneurs (laughs) because I am one and I love coaching entrepreneurs. But we also coach other, you know, and, and, and in that that we do that, the main thing they have to be is transparent. And the second thing they have to be is coachable, they've got to die to themselves, they have to commit to the process, they have to humble themselves, and if they're not willing to do the assignments, and that's why we uh, attach money to this, because generally, 99.9% of the time, the people when they pay money, they're going to follow through, and they're going to do it, you know, so yeah, my idea client, you know, is, is a person who is honest and transparent and said okay here's what i want to establish here's here's the three things that i want to get done during this coaching and uh, i'm willing to commit to the time and and to do it now we're flexible obviously uh in different times we we talk with people and you know uh, sometimes people want us to come and, and hang out with them and and do that but most of the time. It's over the phone, uh, twice a week, uh, and, and then we have assignments. And then we we do different things. But so yeah, so our ideal client is somebody who's coachable, who's humble, and who's ready for what's next, and knows that they're seeking wisdom and that they're committed to the process.
0: Yeah. So I think that one of the biggest hangups I would imagine is is the humility thing. And I think when we say that, a lot of times in our mind we're thinking of somebody who's just real prideful and arrogant. And that's not necessarily always the issue. I know that for me personally, if if I don't know I have a weakness, I'm not necessarily <laughs> going to open up in that area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so for mm-hmm. for you as the coach, what what distinguishes you from any other coaches out there? And this isn't a please hire Michael McIntyre thing. This is just, (laughs) I believe that, you know, Michael, that you carry something a little bit different than a lot of people. And so like, if I'm looking for a coach, I want to, I want to find a coach that I know believes in himself. Like what, what does, what distinguishes you from other people that might be out there? It's
1: great. So, you know, I think what helps me is I got to, I've got a gift or a superpower i call it god gives us all gifts of finding people's blind spots and blind spots are hard to find because inherently they're blind you know we think we know you know and i i remember sitting down i sat down a few weeks ago with the uh the guy i know uh and very very successful and you know makes you know tons of money and he's ready to reinvent himself and i said well, I'll point out some of your blind spots. He goes, well, I know what they are. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, you don't. I you said, didn't hear I me. Said, <laughs> I said, and we were at lunch and saying, David, I won't give it any more than that. I said, David, then one of your biggest blind spots is that you think you know everything. Yeah. And he said, Bam. Spot on. <laughs> and so, you know, I think one of the superpowers that God's given me is to help people find their blind spots. And because it's really important and really truly to find brothers and sisters that will point out your blind spots is a rare thing. Because most people are people pleasers and they're fear of man and they don't want to be left out. They don't want to be not invited on in the boat, on the plane, you know, to dinner or yeah. whatever. So we, we, we tread lightly and we truly don't love our brothers and sisters as, we, as God and Jesus wants us to. And so I like to point out, I don't like to, I do, I have a gift of pointing out the blind spots. And then once we point out the blind spots, what I like to do is, okay, how do we deal with those? Because here they are now, all of a sudden the paradigm has shifted. You get to see this. And look, I don't like my blind spots when they're pointed out to me. I mean, nobody does because you didn't realize. I mean, then all of a sudden you have a a, a guilt, shame, embarrassment, all this other stuff from the enemy come up. So what we do is we deal with that up front. So listen, this is a process. Commit to this process because this is the way that you can pour back into the kingdom if you truly want a kingdom business, if you truly want that kingdom entrepreneurship, this is how you do it. You take a hard look at the hard things and then you move forward and you give them to Jesus. You lay them at the cross and you move forward.
0: That's good. What are some, why, why is transparency, you kind of hit on it, but so important. I think just in general, like, I think for me, that was always something that, you know, I I grew up pretty much without a father and kind of grew up in that rough uh, family, great family, but just uh, fatherless. I grew up really fatherless. Um, it's tough. and you'll hear people say like, what you don't know, won't, won't hurt you. Mm. It, I think what you don't know can kill you though, too. You know, and m- <laughs> maybe even before you start it's a true. business or before you start, you know, cause I, I, I would then go out there without a father, without having somebody raise me up. I would try to do mm-hmm. it on my own, only on what I know. And I feel like there's something really important about, Finding someone who, you know, prophetically, you know, I, I like to, to, to grow in the prophetic and hang out with the prophetic. And I think something that's really special about that. And I think you, you carry a prophetic gift to where you can actually find out things about me that I don't even know about myself. And that's that blind, that blind spot thing a little Mm -hmm. bit, but Mm -hmm. how how important is it, is it for us to just kind of have that I'm yours, you know? Like yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. The, Tear me apart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The trans, the transparency. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things is we could do uh, as when we're coachables to be vulnerable. And look, it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. Brene Brown talks about it all the time in her Netflix deal, which is amazing. Uh, you know, Jesus got vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh he got vulnerable, you know, he didn't want to take that cup. He did you know, and he asked his father to take it from him. But he 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 had to do his father's will. And he got vulnerable and climbed up on that cross when, he, when, when you know, he, you know he didn't want to. But it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And so as as a coach, I, I get vulnerable too. And you've seen me in NLE how vulnerable I get. Uh, and it's really, you, you really, once you know who your father is, once you know who your true father is and who you truly are in him, then it's easy. It really is, but getting to that point, and that's what I coach a lot of people on. Let's get vulnerable here. Let's get transparent, because if you really want the work to be done, if you really want to make that million dollars, ten million, hundred million, a billion, you really want to start that business, you want to get that book published, whatever it might be that you want to do, buy that house, move your kids, whatever it is, okay, you've got to get vulnerable. That's good because you know, and I hear a lot of times people say, you know, uh, hey, I want peace in the Middle East. I want to save. You know, I want to feed everybody on the planet. Right. I get that. But you also want a Porsche. Right. Yeah. You also want to have a Mercedes. You also want a private jet someday. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But it's being vulnerable and being honest with yourself, because I believe that the angels will celebrate more when yeah. you're honest and vulnerable, because we all do want all those things. We all want peace in the Middle East. We want everybody to be fed. But that's you know, but let's get down to what it is that is. Let's get vulnerable. Let's get really transparent here. And it's okay to want nice things. Yeah. It's okay to have all your bills paid. It's okay, you know, to to have money in the bank. It's okay to take your family to Disney World. It's okay. Yeah. That's not being selfish. Okay. And it's like Lance Wall now says my favorite thing he's ever said. There's nothing more sad than a broke philanthropist. Yeah. Because you know, and I hear people all the time in the Christian community, man, they want to, they want to build a retreat. They want to save, they want people to come and have respite I love that. But that takes M O N E Y baby. It just doesn't fall out of the sky. It doesn't just wake up one day and you've got a couple million dollars sitting in your checking account. If it is, it's by accident, it's going to come back out. Okay. So you've got to go out there and work. And God wants us to work. God wants us to go out there and do the possible so he can do the impossible. And that's where I think a lot of the, gensers or millennials have been falling into that trap. Well, if God wants me to do this, you know, he'll make it happen. Hey, God wants you to get off your butt and go to work. Yeah, okay. Man. You use your superpowers that he's blessed you with so he can do the impossible. And then that way things really start happening. So being vulnerable, being real. Okay. And what one-on-one coaching allows you to do is have that, have that, uh, that intimacy connection in that safe space that allows you because you know, everybody, you know, and I've had some people say, I want you to sign an NDA. Great. I'll sign a non-disclosure agreement. Most don't because they trust me because whatever they say to me is going to stay there. And I want, I want them to have that freedom in that safe space so they can be vulnerable, that they can get the work done. They can get their money's worth and exceed and excel at their dream.
0: That's good, man. I, you talked about Jesus being vulnerable. I think if we really look at scripture, he wasn't, He wasn't vulnerable with everyone. I think he had some some dudes that he walked around with, specifically three that he was more vulnerable with than the rest of them, right? And so I think there is that place of like, that would be the importance, I would think, of one-on-one, small, safe setting of like, because you as a coach, you want them to be vulnerable with you, but that also means that you need to be trustworthy, right? There's trusting Amen. someone, and then there's being trustworthy. And so you talked about how you also get get vulnerable there, and that just opens up the door, I think, for that that two way yeah. relationship that we yeah. talked about.
1: Yeah, because you know, you know, as 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 often as we are, you know, talking about we we love Jesus, we we have beliefs that when we die, we're going to be in heaven. That you know, God is our Father, and the Holy Spirit guides us. We still get scared, yeah, right. And so we still, you know, fear happens to all of us, right? Even though it's phony, it's fake, it's, it's not of him, it still happens to us. And so if, you know, people say, man, how, how were you ever scared and in the business? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to go alphabetically or chronologically? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Scared to where I'm staring at the ceiling at two o'clock in the morning, realizing how am I going to make payroll tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I get it. I understand that. And so this is where I get, so listen, I, I've been there. I, I've had, I've had, I've been served lawsuits before. I understand the fear that comes over you when these things happen. And this is why, you know, I can, you know, I, I can go there with them because I, I'm speaking from true experience and not judgment. Okay. I don't, I'm not here to judge anybody and I'm not here to say, Oh man, that was a stupid idea that, yeah. you know, you know, listen, you know, uh, you know, I can spell stuck in 14 different languages, <laughs> all right? I've made huge mistakes yeah. and still make them. But, but let me tell you this. I, I, nobody will say McIntyre was afraid of risk. McIntyre was a fear of losing. No, because the, the what, what happens for me in business and what I coach people on is the, the fear of losing is so much smaller than the positive sign of gaining.
0: Talk to me about effort. Explain to me what effort means to McIntyre. What is effort?
1: Yeah, so, you know, the Holy Spirit laid on me uh, a little blueprint not too long ago about striving. You know, we we're doing, and it came, it's funny because this stuff comes out different times. It came out during the, the Five Handle Club because uh, a lot of people, you know, I'm striving to get this, I'm striving for that. And, and so I said, let's look up the word striving in the Bible. And listen, most places in striving, are not positive. Striving bring, brings, a lot of times it brings guilt, shame, angst, anxiety, fear, uh, condemnation. Good. And it brings on a lot of things. So I said, look, let, the Holy Spirit said, look, here's what, here's what you need to look at versus striving is effort, pure effort. And effort is 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 brings one thing and one thing only is results. Now, sometimes the results are great. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes they're mediocre. And sometimes they're not great at all but it still brings results and effort. It doesn't have the same kind of, it doesn't have the same thing that's, that striving brings. And so uh, effort, everybody can do effort. Effort requires no talent. Effort means that you get out of bed in the morning. That's why, you know, I talk about the five handle club, you know, in, anywhere from 5 a.m. to 5.59 a.m. Because look, if you control your morning, you're going to own your day. That's good. And And it's not easy. Okay. But it's not easy making a million dollars. It's not easy bringing a company from zero to 400 million dollars. It's not easy creating a three billion dollar insurance agency. It's not easy. Okay. So, you know, these things, you know, cause look, you know, we live in a fallen world and, and it all fell, you know, when that apple was eaten. Right. And so God said, you're going to, you have to labor by the sweat of your brow. And that's what you got to do. So if you go out there and you give the effort and you do the effort, not striving, not for perfection, because perfection is perfection only exists in God. It does not exist in you and I, it does not. Okay. What it does, what does exist though is excellence Yeah. and doing being, uh, having an effort towards excellence will bring you the fruit that you desire.
0: I feel like, I feel like striving is kind of a, a facade, right? It's almost like a fake, almost a false effort. You know, effort is something that I know I've got that I can actually give everything that I've got. Striving, and bro, you're, you're speaking to the choir here because I've stepped out of a season of, <laughs> of striving in my life. And you, you actually played a big part in helping me walk through some of that stuff where I was striving for a ministry platform for like 20 years, wow. striving for it, striving for it. What's that mean? It means I don't have it. And it means that I'm, I'm, you know, doing like almost like shifting my life in some fake way to be okay or be approved for some platform that's not for me. You know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, no, I get it. I, I totally understand. And just, and you can tell if you're striving or, or just giving effort, just by the way you feel at night when you go to bed, you yeah. know, just ask yourself, you know, do I have angst? Do I have anxiety? Can I not sleep? Yeah. You're striving, bro.
0: I think the key yeah. there is results. Cause you talked about that. Striving Mm-mm. doesn't produce results. Like Mm-mm. bottom line, it doesn't produce any results. And I think it's true. you talked about the different kinds of results, even like failure, even like you know, falling flat on your face is a result that you can learn from. And so I think talk about that for a minute. Has McIntyre ever in his life failed or fallen flat on his face?
1: (sighs) Oh man. I can, you know, I can tell you, you know, listen, just in the airplane deal, one time, you know, yeah. uh, And, and let me just tell you this too, for all you uh, future entrepreneurs out there or business leaders that you're in right now, I've never learned anything from my success. I've only learned from my failures. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can go talk, talk about my failures, you know, and, uh, but you know, yes. And, and listen, you, you need to fail. You need to fail. Uh, because that's the only way that you're going to grow. That's the only way that you're going to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, that's why you get coaching because even in coaching, you're still going to fail, but you're going to fail, you know, with, 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 wisdom. you got to come in there and say, okay, this is what didn't work. How do I overcome this? You know, when people call me and say, listen, I want to be coach. I've got a business, you know, uh, great. You know, what's worked and what hasn't worked, you know, because, you know, if everything's worked, I mean, you yeah. know, come on, that, that doesn't really just happen, you know, and that's, you know, I don't care who you are. You know, I live on a street that has four billionaires on it. Right. Or which is crazy. And but up and down our street, which is a really cool street, everybody has issues. Everybody's had failures uh, and everybody's had problems. And so to get to where they're at, the only way they get to where that is to have those failures. So welcome to failure. Uh, now, the, the, the biggest key, though, to that is is to overcome that failure, is to walk past that and don't let that failure Create fear. Failure should create excitement. If you have a failure, you should celebrate. And now, what's next? Okay, now we're refreshed. Maybe you need to take a break, take a vacation. Maybe you need to, you know, go exercise or you know fast for a couple days, whatever. But then let's move forward and forget about that. Your failures do not identify. They they don't identify. Give you that identity that you don't need to identify with that. What you knew is, you know, is go to the next thing. One of the things that I was taught really young is to say affirmations. And one of my affirmations when I was, I mean, 15, 16 years old, is that uh, the only difference between me and a millionaire is while he's working on a second million, I'm working on my first. That's good. And that's what stayed with me. And that's how I looked at life. So until I got that to that level, and then it was, you know, I raised it up, you know, 100 million, 500 million, a billion, and keep raising it up, keep raising the bar, keep looking at the next thing for the effort. And yes, you're going to have those failures, but welcome them. Don't, don't be discouraged because now that's one step closer to that success.
0: It's good. Growth comes from adjustments. I feel like, Mm. and you don't make adjustments when you succeed, right? You only make those adjustments when you fall short or fall flat or whatever. And so I feel like if we want to experience any growth, we're going to have to have some failures and we're going to have to adjust our lives properly. Right. That's good. Man. Amen. That's yeah. Good. I mean, that's look good. Put football. that in your next yeah.
1: book. <laughs> you got it
0: <laughs> real quick. What's, what's the top three things that someone should look for in a coach? You talked about producing fruit. We'll call that one yeah. of them. What's two other things that someone should look for when they're looking for the coach for them?
1: Do they identify with this person? You know uh, you know, some people get, you know, and you know, Stacy takes on coaching too. We have a lot of, uh, women that come through that want to be coached by a woman, I totally get it. I'm, you know, we're we're down for that. And Stacy's a great coach. She coaches me. She's my coach. And yeah. so, yes, I mean, if you're comfortable with the same gender, yes, absolutely. I think that's good. The second, uh, the other thing too is uh, is the faith. I think faith is very important here. I think it's really, and with that comes chemistry. You know, I usually have a 30 minute free consultation call before I take on any client. First of all, I want to hear their heart. I want to, you know, I want to hear where they're at. I want them to hear where I'm at. I want to hear, I want them to know what I expect from them because they're not just going to sit there on the phone and me give out, you know, pearls of wisdom, although that happens. Uh, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to do things. Okay. This is, you know, as you know, I like to do experiential. I like people to be active, you know? And so I, I, cause I, once I, if they're active, That way they get activated in the Holy Spirit. And then God is activated in their life and things start moving. Money starts coming in. Relationships get healed. Physical conditions get better. Spiritual relationships get more authentic. And so, yeah, so I think, you know, uh, the money is important. The fruit's important. Uh, Relational, uh, as far as chemistry, have a conversation. If you feel comfortable with that person, if if you feel intimidated by that person, uh, maybe that's not maybe you good coach because you got to have somebody that's walk the walk with you. Yeah. You know, if you hold them too high on a pedestal and sometimes this happens, that's why I only coach people 60 days at a time. I don't want them become addicted to me. That's good. And I want them to be I want them to be addicted to Jesus. That's good. And then and then after that, we take a 40 day break. And if they want to reentry, then great. We can do another 60 days. But if they're fiending, if fun.
0: they're fiending for some McIntyre, they'll call you back. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's right. No, I get it though, so, man. We can yeah. become
0: very dependent on the people that Dude, you may experience like vulnerability for the first time with someone. It's a powerful drug. I mean, when you realize yeah. like, wow, I'm I'm giving someone permission to minister to my heart and they're actually doing it, but what you said there, the key, and I agree with you, man, faith is so important and there's so much of a difference between faith-oriented anything and like secular stuff, right? I mean, there's some good secular yeah. things you can take, like you said, but if we're not like surrounding that with, with who we are in, in faith, it's going to be kind of fruitless maybe.
1: I True. Know. I mean, and I think what, what makes my coaching a little bit more unique is I've got a lot of experience in the secular world. Yeah. Yeah. I, br- I bring that secular world. It's there. It's all out there. And God's put a lot of this stuff out there in the secular world. It's just a lot of Christians didn't say yes to it. It's good. And a lot of people in the wow. secular world said, yes. A lot of the secular people have more faith. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's true. It's crazy. You know, and, you know, I mean, why, why shouldn't the Christian community be the most wealthiest People on this planet. It's good. You know, and, and instead we sit there and play this poverty spirit game, yeah. and think, "God, well, I'm, I'm saved." Yeah. Okay, you got your golden ticket. Now yeah. what? Yeah. Okay, you're still breathing, so there's something else here for you. So don't be playing a small game. Get out there and play a big game, and uh, let's get after it. Let's go out there and make your mark, yeah. and that way you can b- bless the kingdom.
0: It's good, Michael. Man, I appreciate you, brother, and I want to encourage. On, I want to encourage everyone to check out. Next Level Podcast with Michael McIntyre. It's available on every platform. Give us, give us a parting something. What's going on in McIntyre land that people need to be knowing about? How can they follow you?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Darren. Well, as you know, you're the greatest podcast broadcaster hey. in the history of podcasts because you have really made my life easier, Darren, and I appreciate that so much. You and your wife are amazing, and uh, we I thank you. For those of you who want to do your own podcast, this is the cat to call me. Yeah, he man. makes it turnkey easy because, you know, listen, I'm not a techno wizard. I know you're shocked, but I'm just not. Uh, my parting wisdom is keep your eye on the prize. Don't let the distractions happen. Uh, the enemy is masterful at distractions through the media, through money, through relationships, through physical. Keep your eye on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. And once you keep your eye on the prize, you get get in that. Discover, hire a coach. Get coached. If you're in business, you want to take it out there and you want to really invest in yourself. You want to really make that mark. Now's the time. 2020 is not over, baby. And don't let the enemy think that it is because it's really not. So stay keep focused on the prize. And, man, good things are going to happen and it's going to be difficult. It will, but embrace that and give it to Jesus. And you're going to see a lot of good stuff happening in your life.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you coming on. Love you. Love you and your family. My wife says hi, by the way.
1: Uh, She's, she's amazing. Tell her we said hi. We miss her already.
0: I will. Thank you, man. Bless you guys.
1: All right. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much.
0: See you. Bye.
1: All right, man. All right. Bye-bye. for listening to the next level podcast don't forget to subscribe rate review and share for more resources to help you maintain your next level life join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com